I'm your co-host, Kathleen, and you're listening to the Root of Why podcast. In this show, we'll have thoughtful conversations with some of today's interesting and incredible thought leaders about finding their why. And I'm your co-host, Meryl. Get ready to learn and be inspired by our amazing guests that range from entrepreneurs, founders, creatives, coaches, and more. Today, we're talking with Paul Griggs, a clinical counselor, entrepreneur, actor, and writer. Paul's career does not follow a single path, and his many experiences adds to the richness of his journey. Paul's career began as an entrepreneur, where he started, built, and sold a multi-million dollar business in Vancouver, British Columbia. Soon after, Paul pivoted and pursued and studied acting, spending time in New York, London, and Vancouver. Following his thirst for change, Paul found himself back in the corporate world as a vice president for a multi-billion dollar company that's currently traded on the London Stock Exchange. With the pandemic, Paul pivoted once again and pursued his master's degree in clinical counseling. What sparks his curiosity? The human condition, nature, art, and a passion for helping people succeed in their life's journey. Can you take us from the very beginning of what motivated you to start your own business with events on the news? And why did you want to start a company at that stage in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a good question. You know, it, I think a lot of it happened by sort of happenstance. Um, but ultimately, what drove me to start my own business, I was working for another company. Mm-hmm. And um, I had essentially asked, you know, if they'd be you know, prepared to expand part of their business and there was some resistance and I thought you know I'm just going to go out and do it on my own and uh, so I went out with an intention um, of starting a business and what I learned early was that the business I wanted to launch wasn't particularly needed (laughs) so I pivoted and added and um, expanded the idea of the business into something that the market wanted and needed Um, so how did yeah, you decide yeah. to, you know, what did you do to um, pivot and how did you kind of evaluate that next stage for you? Yeah, I mean, something to keep in mind is, you know, this is coming from, you know, someone with no business education, even running a business. It was really new. Um, I didn't even know what I didn't know um, at that time. And so um honestly what happened was was a request came through for a service and someone said hey do you know anyone who could do this and i said yeah i'll do it mm-hmm. and uh, then i quickly learned uh within weeks how to sort of add a particular service into my business um yeah so it was really just responding yes uh to a request that actually ended up launching uh, in a big part of the business wow mm-hmm choose were you scared were you doubtful of your abilities or the company's abilities like how did you you know manage that like you you've just shared that you didn't have business experience you pivoted you launched a new service within weeks were yeah. there doubts in your mind yeah you know I have the benefit of hindsight now and I'm you know not as young as I was when I started and I think um, you know that's something that evolves over time 
I, I believe, you know, for me at least, um, one can get a bit more conservative as one sort of moves through life. And at that time, um, I didn't really care so much. You know, I just knew I could figure it out. Um, I relied on other people who knew more than I did. Um, and uh, yeah, I just kind of kind of went for it. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, things like uh, stress and worry um, didn't really enter the equation. Um, I'm a real planner, you know, so I'll do a lot of um, thoughts and lots of st strategic planning. But back then I didn't. It was just kind of just kind of go for it. So did you face any, so you mentioned it was more of like a trial and error process as you had no prior knowledge to the specific industry. Yeah. So did you face any real hesitation or did you were just like, I made this decision and you're just going to go ahead with it? Yeah, I just went for it. Um, and, you know, admittedly got into trouble, you know, because I got in quickly without knowing a lot about the business. And so uh, there's a lot of sort of stress on a day to day basis as I had to learn quickly on my feet um, and making huge mistakes. You know, um, fortunately, you know, you're able to recover and, and move forward. Um, but yeah, it was uh, lots of trial and error, you know, lots of trial and error. So after 10 years, you obviously navigated your way through that trial and error process. Um, after 10 years, you ended up selling the business and you moved into acting, which, which is a, you know, for, for the average person is a bit of a, is a bit of a big, bigger pivot than usual. Were you always wanting to act? Um, was that something that you had discovered throughout the course of your business? What led you to, to do that jump? Yeah, it, um, yeah, on paper, you're right. It does look a bit radical. Um, it always had been sort of with me, um, the idea of acting. And um, I decided that I wanted to try it. And I didn't want to try it sort of, you know, working from the sidelines. I wanted to try it uh, diving straight in. And for me, the way to do that would be to free myself up, to give myself all the time and flexibility. Uh, to be able to do it uh, full time. Um, what I wanted to do is, is, is if I failed, I wanted to fail because I went in, went all in, mm. you know, um, I didn't want to fail because I didn't give it enough time or didn't give it enough um, energy. Um, yeah. So it was really important for me to, to, to lean in and, and for me to do that was to exit out of the business. Um, and so, and that wasn't an easy process. It took some time. It took, you know, quite a few years to sell. But in that time, I was able to start training and I went down into New York and trained. And again, you know, I thought, look, if I'm going to do this, let's, let's just go all in and let's go to the place where one learns in, in this case, theater. Um, and I spent some time there and had an exceptional experience, uh, really learning, learning the craft, um, at least the early years. Uh, and then, yeah, then I came back and uh, became a full-time professional actor. So Paul, how did it feel to be a beginner in the context of this specific industry? Yeah, scary. You know, um, I went into it, um, you know, I was, I, was the, I was the old guy um, in theater school. Um, you know, I think I was around, I can't remember the numbers, around 30 or something when I went into theater school. And, you know, most folks there were a lot younger. I was the oldest. So it was a, it was a bit scary. 
you know, um, I had to uh, hold back judgment on myself. I had to hold back at least on fear and, and really go for it um, and lean into it. Um, you know, and, and also aware that others might not think this is a great idea. <laughs> you know, uh, others might say, look, you know, you had a successful business that was running. Um, why would you uh, move into something like this at uh, this stage in, in, in life? But it was a passion of mine. It was important for me and um, no regrets uh, leaning into it. sounds like you know you're really used to being a beginner right you've taken risks you've, we've heard you say now you just went all in with the business and also all in with the acting so after several years of acting and being in the industry and landing in Vancouver um, you had pivoted again to an executive position with a publicly traded company here in Vancouver what was the decision-making process with that? Were you tired of acting? Were you hoping to, to do both at the same time? Take us through that. Yeah, yeah, a really great insight, you know, in terms of being a beginner. Um, it brings to mind this idea of beginner's mind. You know, sometimes we talk about that, say in meditation um, or mindfulness. Um, yeah, it is a scary place to be, to start from scratch. Um, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. Um, moving into the executive world, uh, coming from acting, gosh, again, on paper, that, that's quite a jump. Um, this is a large company. This is a company that traded in the, you know, in the billions uh, per year uh, based out of Europe. And um, to, 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 to jump into an executive position, um, I felt that I had the um, experience um, and the skills to do it, but it was starting from scratch, you know, I, I, I didn't realize um, how difficult it might be um, starting again from, from, from scratch, you know, I, and now this is another 10 years later in life moving into that position. Uh, you know, it takes energy, it take, there, I guess it would say it takes a toll to sort of begin again. Um, but in some ways the alternate for me is, is just, it's not an option, you know, to, to stay with one thing um, for a long period of time in terms of career, um, doesn't seem to be as appealing as, uh, learning, uh, something new, uh, whether it's learning in school, um, you know, uh, or learning on the job, um, uh, both in the company I started or going into the executive leadership position is really learning, learning on the job. It's a different style of learning, but gosh, it's exciting. Hmm. So you mentioned, you know, being a beginner in so many different industries and it can being a continuous learning process. What did you learn about yourself, you know, moving from these different industries and trying out new things and again, being a beginner? Yeah. Yeah. What comes to mind for me is ego, you know, um, you know, putting ego aside and, you know, we live in a sort of results driven um, culture. Um, uh, we, you know, there's lots of opportunities to see what others are doing, uh, or how others are portraying themselves, um, you know, through social media, um, that, that, uh, it can be tough to, to do something different, um, to, you know, in many ways, take a step backwards when we start something new, because we're starting from the beginning. Um, and that can be hard, um, on, on, on the ego. And 
so for me, learning to acknowledge that and recognize that and say, that's what that is, that's ego, um, that's striving for something, um, but, but not striving for something, you know, that's really important to me. Um, yeah, what's, what's, you know, what sort of drives me um, outside of some of those other areas around, you know, ego. Yeah. How did you overcome that, Paul? Because I think, you know, when you look at people's social media accounts and, you know, what they do and who they portray themselves to be, I think that's such a common um, thing that we all grapple with to some extent. So what have you done or what, what kind of resolve did you do for yourself to begin to overcome that and for you to make these jumps among your career? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not something that's been overcome for sure. It's something that, you know, st still exists. But um, I'm more able to recognize what that is. You know, why do I feel anxious? Um, what is it about that? When I see a social media feed um, and, I, and I have a feeling towards that, I'm better able to say, what is that? What is that really? Um, I do uh, certainly practice mindfulness and meditation, which I find helpful to um, sort of center to what these feelings are, to help find um, grounding, help find um, calmness when you can get um, triggered or, or react to some of these things. So I would say that, that it hasn't gone away, but it's more recognizable, it's more interesting, I'm more curious about it. Um, it sort of makes me smile a bit because I think that's maybe what's even driving me to make changes is to challenge this idea um, around what success is uh, or around um, you know, what a career is, yeah. So you were talking more about mindfulness and meditation and that kind of leads me to the next question. So fast forwarding, forwarding a few years in your career, you decided to pursue a career in counseling. Can you share how you, you know, how that decision was being made in your process to start this new industry? Yeah, yeah, again, you know, um, <laughs> jumping into to beginner's mind again, you know, moving from these other industries into uh, clinical counseling. Um, starting fresh, um, heading back to school, this time at, at, at nearly 50 years old, uh, with, with classmates who are quite a bit younger. Um, you know, what, what drove that um, in many ways was um, conversations I've been having with other entrepreneurs um, and, and leaders, um, doing some um, coaching, doing some consultations. Um, we, we, we got into into questions quickly about how, how you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about PLs, we talk about, you know, growth plans and, and that, but, but quite quickly, we, I'd ask the question, how are things going, you know? And we get into some um, interesting areas, you know, um, you know, entrepreneurship, business ownership can be uh, lonely. It can be frightening at times. It can be exciting at times. Um, but often we feel we're kind of battling this on our own as much as we have friends, colleagues, um, boards helping advise us, we're still in it on our own. And so I was interested to learn more about how uh, that in that time clients were feeling, what was going on for them, um, what sort of stress, anxiety, 
uh, sadness, depression, all, all those sorts of feelings. And so I felt I needed to learn more to understand that a bit more. Um, I also did, a, I, I drafted a, what I called a strap plan, you know, which was for me a five-year plan as to, as, to, as to what I wanted to do, uh, where I wanted to do it, who I wanted to do it with, um, you know, which sounds very structured, but uh, I thought, gosh, of all the things I can do in the world, what would, what, what's driving me right now? And uh, a few things came up, but one of them certainly was counseling. And so I decided to pursue a master's in, in clinical counseling. Well, congratulations on that recent achievement, Paul. I know it's a lot of work and we did get a copy of your thesis. <laughs> we read through some of it, but it was quite long. So <laughs> I, we feel confident that you produced, that you got <laughs> um, well, thank you. Regarding, you know, regarding the idea of the strategic plan, so was it something that you just recently instituted or is it something that, you know, after your various experiences and growth that you decided to kind of make for yourself at, at a certain point in time? Yeah, great question. I think what happened, this, this was new. This was the first time I'd done that and, that. and that was about five years ago. And I think maybe what drove that is um, after, you know, as, as, as you both have well pointed out, after these sort of new starts uh, in new careers, uh, maybe some of that, um, you know, I realized, gosh, there's really nothing you can't do. Mm. I mean, within reason, you know, um, but but the opportunities for career, opportunities for work are, are, are endless. And um, because I'd done it a few times now, I thought, gosh, it's possible really, really to pick anything. And so given that, where do you start? Uh, where do you start kind of narrowing down um, why you want to do something? Um, and so I thought I need to draft these things down and I started looking at values, uh, what, were, what were important to me, uh, what was important to me. Uh, so values exploration, that was the first time I'd done that. Um, and I did it all myself and just sort of drafted. And I, for me, I resonate with words. So it was a lot of writing, a lot of words. And um, uh, yeah, and so I, it took me about six months to draft. It's a 50-page document with appendixes and or appendix and, and table of contents. So it's a big, I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, but but uh, so it was a really nice exercise actually to go through to say, well, what is it that I want in life? What is it that I want with work? Uh, what is it that I want um, in relationships with family, with activities? Um, where does fun fit into this? Um, you know, so there was a breakdown on, on health and, and, and all that sort of thing um, that allowed me to sort of highlight what was important to me, you know, and even to highlight ego. You know, when things came up, I said, oh, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do that. Is that ego or is that something that truly fits within, you know, your, your values or, or, or your why? But when it came, oh, sorry. Sorry, um, I, I just really wanted to follow up, Paul, because you know, when you're saying, when you said that anyone can really do anything now within reason, where do you get that confidence from? Like mm. you, you make it sound simple. You know, obviously there's a lot of challenges and your plan was long, but at the core root of it, you know, we see the confidence. How do you, where do you get that from? You know, I, I would ask you, tell me, tell me, you know, where those limitations are. Um, you know, there's some things that I know I can't do. You know, I will not play in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know, 
but even that, I think, okay, is that right? Yeah, no, that's for sure. I can't do that. <laughs> um, uh, you know, chances of flying into space. Well, even that's changed too. You know, there's even an opportunity to fly into space now. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking and pausing about why do I feel that we can all accomplish what it is we want to accomplish. And, and I, I come back to myself asking, well, why not? You know, you know why, why can't we? As you moved through, you know, your journey and your different career paths, did your why change or did you have a constant, like one purpose that you, you know, lived out or was it a constantly changing reason? Mm. You know, I think even, you know, even thinking now about why, and I think this, you know, this topic is so great because it may give people opportunity to think about the why earlier than I did. You know, um, in part, my why was adventure, was um, challenging myself, um, to some degree money, um, wanting to make money. Um, and, and, and likely there was the why sort of more deeper inside that I wasn't quite aware of. Um, you know, the acting, there was probably a, a passion of why. Um, so now, uh, maybe with the luxury of hindsight, the luxury of being a little older, the why is more important than it was before. Um, identifying the why and then acting on the why, um, enabling us to get our ego out of the way so that why can, can lead the way, you know, our purpose can lead the way. Um, uh, you know, there's, we hear a lot about purpose and meaning, particularly with work. Um, and sometimes we can challenge that to say, you know, if, you know, where is your purpose and what is your meaning? Does it need to happen in work? Does it need to happen in other areas in your life? Uh, and so for me, I think my why is evolving. Um, to have to, and I'd love it to, to, to work both in work and, and also outside of work. So what's next for you, Paul? You recently completed your master's in counseling. You know, you have amassed a wide range of experiences, both professional and personal. Where do you want to take things next? Yeah, well, like you said, I just finished um, this, you know, I'm at the beginning of this journey uh, with, with uh, clinical counseling. Uh, so certainly to uh, build practice, um, to work with clients. Um, I'm interested in, in uh, workplace uh, wellness, for sure. I'm interested in, in, you know, where do we find meaning and purpose in work? Um, how do we manage stress and anxiety uh, at work? Um, when does work turn off for us? Does it turn off for us? Uh, when, when we're exploring the idea of why, uh, and I've been fortunate to work with some clients that are exploring that, you know, what is their purpose? What is their meaning? What is their next step for career? And to really talk about, you know, values. You know, where did our values come from? What values do we have? I mean, most of us inherit our values as we, as we grow by our you know, primary caregivers or other significant people who influence us. Um, and often they can go unanalyzed. And so I think there's an opportunity to start thinking about uh, the values that were sort of given to us. Um, are they still serving us as they served say our, our parents uh, or can we uh, develop our own values? And out of our values, can we then develop um, say a career path that's more in tune with the question of, you know, why am I doing this? 
so I'm, I have a real interest in that space. Um, yeah. And so Paul, having experience, you know, going and experiencing so many different things in your life thus far, what kind of advice would you give to our listeners who may be a bit lost or in a transition phase dealing with change on taking next steps to really find their why or identify their purpose and their values? Yeah, great question. You know, something that came to mind immediately was this idea of change. Um, that that you know, that change is constant. Um, you know, and to to um, find some peace with the idea of uncertainty, to to be okay with not knowing, um, I, I think is 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 certainly a step to take. To do a values exercise, I found this is going to sound funny. I found value in a values exercise uh, because it it starts articulating our purpose. You know, it starts articulating what's really important to us. Um, and so in terms of advice, you know, hmm, it's a great question. I would say that, that if we have a purpose-driven why, you know, which sounds like, you know, confusing, but if we have a purpose-driven why that's based on our values and we're okay with uncertainty, we're able to find ways to uh, recognize ego, you know, um, then I think, then I think our purpose um, can shine a little brighter and can be a, a, a stronger guide for us when we are sitting uh, late at night wondering, you know, what are we doing? Um, are we doing the right thing? Um, yeah. Are we going, uh, you know, with values that were given to us or are we now uh, moving out on our own, uh, under our own values. Mm -hmm. Paul, thank you for sharing, you know, the concept of everything would change relating back to values. Um, would you have any further advice in terms of what you did to keep yourself mentally, um, I don't want to say like mentally sane, but I think whenever anyone's going through challenges or change, there's a lot of emotions that can come to play for a lot of people. So what were some of the things um, or tips and tricks that you have for being able to navigate and, and, and allow people to actually have that kind of deep work that you referred to? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And, and, and you know, again, great insight. I think that, I mean, you're asking a counselor now. <laughs> um, so uh, honestly, um, speaking, I'm, a, I'm obviously an advocate of, of counseling as a place to um, talk to somebody about uh, fears, um, anxiousness, doubt, um, but also to recognize that, yeah, this work uh, can be challenging, you know, it, especially if we're looking at values work, especially if it goes against, say, what we thought was important to us or what our parents thought was important for us. To go against that can be um, challenging. And so to, to have some support in that space, um, and, I, and I do think to have um, counseling support in that space, as opposed to, to friends um, or coworkers um, would be important. Um, it gives us an opportunity to sort of uncover what is uh, underlying some of our fears um, you know, what things did, you know, have we experienced growing up that um, challenges some of our own beliefs 
about what we can do. Uh, so I think getting some professional support. Um, if we're looking at values and we're wanting to look at values on our own, there's lots of online tools that um, uh, and exercises that people can do to find their values. Uh, and sometimes it's helpful just to start getting the words because I think, well, what's a value? I don't even know what a value is. I don't have any values. Well, we do. We just may not be that versed in, in, in the words. And so a values exercise, you know, whether it's online or out of a book, uh, starts giving us some of the words, you know, some of the words that resonate with us. Um, and that's a good starting, a, a good starting point. Great. Thank you so much. That was really helpful. And I feel like now more than ever, you know, a lot of people are in the transition phase or really, you know, evaluating their lives and really getting down to what is their purpose and what do they truly want to do in their life. So that was really helpful. Thank you. Yeah. And I can just even add to that, that you're right. This period of time is very unique in that um, some of the geographical boundaries that limited us to work um, now are opened up, giving us even more opportunities uh, to work for companies, whether, whether they're here or whether we're in different areas. Um, so it really expands the opportunity, which, which can also mean, well, that's even more choices to make. You can make it even more difficult. And so that, therefore, uh, again, going back to our values, uh, finding what, what our why is and what our purpose is, is maybe even more important now uh, than it was before. Thank you, Paul. Any last words for our listeners? You've done a lot in your career. You started and sold the business. You went to acting school, was a successful actor here in Vancouver and I'm sure elsewhere that wasn't listed on your CV. <laughs> you moved on into an exec role with a publicly traded company here in Vancouver and then recently finished your master's in clinical counseling. Any last words for our listeners who are, you know, really, I myself am impressed with, with all of the changes that you've made and, and the personal will and tenacity. Um, and I'm sure Kat is as well. Any, any closing thoughts? Yeah, you know, thanks for bringing all those changes to, to highlight them. It sounds exhausting in a way, but you know, what, I, my, what comes to mind for me right now is just to thank both of you for um, bringing uh, this question of why. You know, this question of purpose, this question of meaning uh, to the table, uh, because I think it's, a, it's an important question that can be connected to um, happiness and purpose and happiness, overall satisfaction. Um, and, and depending on where your listeners are in their career, whether that's early career decisions, mid-career decisions, or late career decisions, asking why, focusing on purpose is, is so important in my experience to finding fulfillment and finding happiness. And so just to thank you for bringing the question up, you know, and talking about it, yeah. You know.